0: Luke chapter 7, Luke chapter 7, verse 36. And one of the Pharisees desired him that he would eat with him. And he went into the Pharisee's house and sat down to meat. And behold, a woman in the city, which was a sinner, when she knew that Jesus sat at meat in the Pharisee's house, brought an alabaster box of ointment, and stood at his feet behind him weeping, Began to wash his feet with tears, and did wipe them with the hairs of her head, and kissed his feet, and anointed them with ointment. Now, when the Pharisee which had bidden him saw it, he spake within himself, saying, This man, if he were a prophet, would have known who and what manner of woman this is that toucheth him, for she is a sinner. This morning I want to preach on something that's so dear to my heart. Jesus Christ can take away your sin and shame. Jesus Christ can and will, if you'll allow Him, take away your sin and shame. Heavenly Father, Lord, I just come to you humbly in the precious name of Jesus Christ. Father, you know, Lord, I'm just a sinner. Lord, I'm just a wicked sinner, Father. And if it wasn't for the precious blood of Jesus Christ, Lord God, I wouldn't even be able to talk to you. And Father, I thank you, Lord God, that that day, Lord, that I got down on my knees, Lord, and asked you to save me, Lord God. You took away my sin, Lord, and you took away my shame, Father, and I can't thank you enough for it, Lord. Father, I pray, Lord God, there's somebody, Lord God, that's got a lot of sin, got a lot of shame, Lord God. Maybe it's a little bit of sin. Maybe it's a little bit of shame, Lord God. But whatever it is, Lord, that you'll come in, Father, and through the precious blood of Jesus Christ, Lord God, you might take it away from them, Lord. Father, I pray, Lord God, you make it real to them, Lord God. They need to come to you, Lord. And Father, I pray, Lord God, as we go through the rest of this message, Lord God, read this story, Lord God, that these words will come off the paper and they'll be real to us, Lord. I pray your Holy Spirit will move among your people, Lord. Lord, I pray you be with Sister Alice Martin, Lord God, wherever she's at this morning, Lord. I pray, Father, you'd lay your healing hand on her, Lord God. Give her grace and strength to be able to bear with what she's going through, Lord. You know we love her. Lord, you know we got got a will that we want to happen for her, Lord God, but we pray your will be done, Lord. We thank you for your grace and mercy in our lives. In Jesus Christ's holy name I pray, amen. amen. All right, man. Verse 36, you have this Pharisee, one of the Pharisees, desired him that he would eat with him, and he went into the Pharisee's house and sat down to meet. That's what I like about Jesus Christ. Is Jesus Christ was go would go eat or drink with anybody who asked him. He'd go with them, he'd talk to them, he would, he would uh, hang out with them. And it says there in verse 37, and behold, a woman in the city which was a sinner, when she knew that Jesus sat at meat in the Pharisee's house. How did she know? Well, somebody must have said something. Well, why did she know to go? How did she know to go? Why would she go? She's a sinner. This is a Pharisee's house. This is Jesus Christ. There's nobody more holy than Jesus Christ. That's, what they'll te- that's the testimony people give all through the scripture. No man spake like this man. This man is holy. This man is, this man is the son of God. What would make her decide, I want to go to this man, Jesus Christ? Because if you look up at verse 34, this will answer it. The Son of Man is come eating and drinking, and ye say, Behold, a gluttonous man and a wine bibber, a friend of publicans and sinners. Yeah. She had heard people saying, You know, he's a friend of sinners. He hangs out with sinners. And in Luke chapter 15, the Bible says that he would receive sinners. So she must have, been a sinner, she heard that it was said, well, Jesus Christ, yeah, He's holy and He's healing people and He's doing all these miracles, but you've heard that He talks to sinners. He'll witness the sinners. Sinners can come and sit with Him and He'll talk to them. He receives sinners. He hangs out with sinners. So this sinner, this woman, she hears Jesus Christ is near her, so here she comes. And behold, a woman in the city, which was a sinner, when she knew that Jesus sat at meat in the Pharisee's house, brought an alabaster box of ointment. Now, brothers and sisters, I'm going to show you some things that this woman brought to Jesus Christ. She's brought some specific things to Jesus Christ. And the first thing she's bringing to Jesus Christ, she's bringing to Jesus Christ her material things. It says this alabaster box of ointment. This wasn't Brute 33, this wasn't Stetson. This was very, very expensive. There's some uh, scholars that think that something like this would have cost like a year's wages to try to save up to get this alabaster box of what been. very, very expensive. And she's bringing her material things to Jesus Christ. That's what she brought. Now, I'm not preaching this, and the Bible's sure not teaching this, that you've got to bring all your material things, give all your money to the church, give all your money to the prosperity preachers, give all your money. That's not what it's teaching. But what it's saying there is that Jesus Christ should be the most valuable thing you own. He should be the most valuable thing you own. He should be the most precious thing you own, and He deserves to be treated as such. You don't buy an alabaster box of ointment For somebody, unless you think they're very, very, very special. And you're going to treat him as such. And this sinner, this woman, she comes in and she brings her material things. second thing she brings is found in verse 38. And stood at his feet behind him weeping and began to wash his feet with tears and then wiped them with the hairs of her head and kissed his feet and anointed them with the ointment. The second thing she brings, she brings her humbleness. There's no way, there's no way that y'all ladies would wash y'all's husband's feet with your hair. Can I, I can already see this coming, I'm going to see you. Well, you heard what Brother Kagan was saying at church this morning, honey. See my feet right there? If you love me, you'll wash my feet with your hair. And if you're any kind of lady, which I know y'all ladies are, y'all would say, but you ain't no Jesus. <laughs> you ain't no Jesus. If you were Jesus, I would wipe your feet with my hairs. Because you would be worth it then. She brings her humbleness. I mean, how humiliating. That's, That's humiliating. It says that she stood at his feet behind him. She didn't even come and approach him to the front and say, Hey, she comes behind him. And she's weeping. And she's pouring this ointment on his feet. And she's taking her hair. And she's wiping his feet. Now, remember... He didn't kick his boots off when he came in the house. He's wearing sandals. He's been walking through camel manure. He's been walking through dirt, dust, all the stuff you could walk through. And he comes in there and she's wiping her feet, wiping his feet with her hair. She's bringing humbleness. She's bringing her humility. And it couldn't be any more humbling than doing that. Verse 38, and stood at his feet behind him, weeping, and began to wash his feet with tears. With tears. She brings her body. She brings her body. You know, it's not enough that she just came in and said, Jesus Christ, you're the most precious thing I I know of. You're so wonderful. You're so precious. She doesn't say a word. She puts her actions to show her her love. She comes in with her body and says, I'm going to show you with my actions. I'm not just going to talk the talk, I'm going to walk the walk. She's putting her her words into action and she's coming in and she even, you don't have to say, the word of God does not have to write down, this woman thought Jesus Christ was special. And you know she thought that. Well, how do you know that? It doesn't say that, pastor. You don't have to say it. It's what she's doing there's nobody more special. You're gonna get down and kiss their feet and wipe their, wipe their your feet, their feet with your hair. No, you're not gonna do that unless that lady's very that lady thinks this guy is very, very special and important. It's just like a, a mother. You see a mother, and you know, you don't see a mother saying, Well, I love my son. You know that mother loves her son. When you see that mother over there hugging that son and kissing him, and she don't say she loves him. She, Kissing her grandkids, kiss them on the cheek, and the grandkids like, stop kissing me. I don't want to get off me, stop hugging me. But you just gotta love all over them. Because they're valuable to you and they're special to you. And you're gonna put your you're gonna put your words into action. You're gonna do that. You can't help it. That's what love does. Love manifests out into action. It's not enough for a man to tell a woman, I love you, I love you, I love you. A man's gotta show it. And ladies, he should show you. Amen? He should show you. in his actions coming home, whatever, he, whatever he's doing around the house, whatever he's doing in the marriage, he should show you that he loves you. It's not enough for him to say, well, you know I love you. If that, <laughs> You know I love you. No, you need to show me you love me. This, this right here is her bringing her body, and look what else she brought. She brought her heart and stood at his feet behind him weeping. It's very hard for me as a Christian who tries to witness to people if I don't see emotion. And I know not everybody's emotional. I know some of y'all are very, very reserved. And God bless you for that. I'm an emotional kind of guy. It's nothing for me to shed a tear, to get choked up. I know some of y'all are very, very reserved. But when I've led people to Jesus Christ, I don't see a smile come across their face. I don't see any kind of emotion. I'm like, is this just head knowledge? And what I mean by that is, are they just believing in Jesus Christ just because it's the thing to do because mom and dad or the husband or wife did it or, 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 you know, it's just good for the social standing or whatever, and they just, it sounds like something to do. Are they just using head knowledge? Has has it gone to their heart? Do they they realize that the transaction has taken place in their heart? Had they received Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior in their heart. This woman comes with her heart. She could have come in and said, Jesus, you're special. I've heard so much about you, you're very special. You know how much that would have got her? That and a nickel would have got her a cup of coffee. That doesn't do any good. Who doesn't know that Jesus is special? This guy's been walking on water, healing the blind, curing leprosy. Yeah, he's special. What? Y'all believe Jesus Christ rose from the grave? Well, the devil believes that. The Bible says it, and trembles with fear. There's a step of putting your heart on Jesus Christ. And I'm here to tell you, this woman comes in as a sinner. Maybe the problem is you came to Jesus not recognizing that you're a sinner. Maybe you came to Jesus thinking, "Yeah, I'm a good old boy. This, this will be good for me." And you know, everybody will see that I'm in church. i will uh, take Christ, and my wife will get off my back. My husband will shut up. My kids, you know, my, maybe Mom and Daddy leave me alone. Granddad, and I don't have to go on, go on my life or anything. This woman came in knowing she's a sinner, and I'm here to tell you, if you hadn't came to Jesus Christ as a sinner, how did you come? How did you come? Did you come just as a social gathering, as a social event? I'm telling you, you need to come to Jesus Christ as a sinner. Dr. Rutman had the best saying, he'd say, without a without a convict, you can't have a convert. Without a convict, you can't have a convert. What do you mean by that? You've got to be convicted. You've got to be convicted. You're a sinner. You're convicted. You're condemned. You're a prisoner of sin. You're a sinner that needs to be released. You need to be broke out of jail. You're a convict. And the only one who can do that is Jesus Christ. Amen. And I'm here this morning to tell you and to stress to you and press on you that Jesus Christ is going to be the only one you can find that's going to be able to take away the sin and shame that you have in your heart. It's the only one. The only thing. There's not enough money in the world that's going to buy that for you. Not enough money in the world. The guy that created Sweet'n Low. Invented Sweet'n Low. Eighty-something years old. Dealing with Parkinson's. Just leaps out of his building. Commits suicide. Just leaps out. That's a soul going to hell. I'm assuming he don't know Jesus Christ. People that know Jesus Christ don't leap off buildings committing suicide. Most of them don't, unless they have some mental problems. You get where I'm going with this? He had more money than all of us put together would ever dream of. And he said, "This isn't life." And we have a steer saint and Sister Alice Martin that used that stroller, came in here for years and years and years and years and years, just barely struggling to get in here in pain, crippled over, and she wasn't thinking about jumping off any buildings. She was thinking about praising her Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. What's the difference? Jesus. One of them met Jesus, and one of them didn't. She came in, and she came in with her heart. Weeping. And the last thing she brought in, I want to show, she brought in her sins. That might be close to the most important thing she brings in. Because it says there in verse 38 that she stood at his feet behind him weeping and began to wash his feet with tears and then wiped them with the hairs of her head and kissed his feet and anointed them with the ointment. Now when the Pharisee which had bidden him saw it, he spake within himself, saying, This man, if he were a prophet, would have known who and what man or woman this is that toucheth him, for she is a sinner. So she comes into Jesus Christ with her material things, with her heart, with humbleness, with her whole body, but most importantly, she comes in with her sin. She's a sinner. Now, this Pharisee, Looks at her and says, She's a sinner. This woman's well known. That's what brings some scholars to think that this woman was a harlot, a lady of the night. And she did all these horrible sins. She'd done all these things openly in front of people, and people knew who she was. And here she comes in with all her sin. And let me say this all her shame. See, there's something that Jesus Christ can do that's the most wonderful thing He can do for you. He not only can take away all your sin, when He takes away all your sin, He's taking away all your shame. Amen. And for a sinner like me, <laughs> it's the most wonderful thing, man. When He comes in and He takes away that sin and takes away that shame, that, that shame that you cannot get rid of, you can spend all your money, you can, spend all, you, can, you can try to drown it out in drugs and alcohol and, and partying and fornicating. You can try to say, I'm going to climb this mountain, I'm going to go do this adventure, I'm going to go bungee jump, skydive. You can do all these thrilling things in life, but in the end of the day, you still go to sleep in shame. And some of y'all maybe are not wicked sinners like I was. Maybe some of y'all don't know what sin is like to bring you to shame, but it will bring you to shame in front of your family in front of your loved ones in front of your God the shame you have and to walk up to this Lord and Savior Jesus Christ and for him to say I'm going to wipe it off nobody else can not Muhammad not Buddha There's no church, no Baptist church, no Catholic church, no Church of Christ. There's no water you can go run in and jump in and be be baptized in. Nothing like that's going to wash away that shame like Jesus Christ can. Nothing. Nothing. And I know when I've been in prison and I'm talking to those guys, I'm, I'm thinking that. And I'm saying some of that. I know what you need, man. You need the shame wiped away. You need the sin wiped away. And the problem I have with the the generation we're living in, this generation in America, nobody's ashamed of their sin. It's hard enough to get them to think that they're a sinner, much less to be ashamed of that sin. They're not only not ashamed of it, they're openly bragging about it and pointing at me saying, I should be ashamed of the way I'm living. (laughs) But I know what goes on in a man's heart. Because I've read this book. I know you can hide that shame and get in with a bunch of people and hold them hand in hand. But God says, even though man hold hand in hand, he will stand before God and be judged. Those hands are going to be broken. You're going to be separated from that crowd that you're running with. And you're going to stand before a holy and righteous God. And when he starts showing you your sin... And he's going to show your sin openly in front of the whole universe. And it starts playing up on that big screen. And he starts showing all those secret sins you've got. And you're going to see all that stuff flicking across. And you're going to look out there and you're going to see some loved ones you know. You're going to see some family. You're going to say, Stop! Stop! I don't want nobody to see that. Don't play no more. Stop! And God's going to say, Play it. And you're going to say, I'm ashamed. And your sins are going to be for the whole world. Jesus Christ can take that away. And wipe all those sins away. And wipe that shame away. And this dear saint, this dear sinner, she knows it. She's heard about it. And she loves him for it. She loves him. Do I have to tell you this woman loves Jesus Christ? Nope. She's showing you. Now look at verse 39. Now when the Pharisee which had bidden him saw it, he spake within himself. See, he's not even saying this out loud. Jesus Christ, though, reads his mind. This man, if he were a prophet, that's what atheists do. That's what some people do mistakenly. They make their own parameters And then they judge a man or a woman or God or Jesus Christ by these parameters that they've made up in their own mind. He says, if he were a prophet, if he were a prophet, would would have known who and what man or woman this is that toucheth him, for she is a sinner. So what he's saying is, a prophet shouldn't allow a sinner to touch him. Therefore, he's not a prophet. But where his mistake is, this might be a prophet Pharisee. This might be a prophet Pharisee that likes sinners to touch him. You ever thought about that? No, you haven't. Well, if, God was, if God's all love, then he wouldn't do that. You better look at what God you're making up in your mind. See, that's what an atheist does. If God this and if God that, therefore God don't do this. So there is no God. Until they get down to their deathbed and they get scared. Well, maybe, maybe. And like I said, they're going to wake up and see the face of God. And know, uh-oh, I made a mistake. It's too late. You put, you've, you've made this mistake of making these parameters about God. And you're not realizing, you know what? Instead of saying, if God is this, then he should do that. Why don't you go find out what God is and who he is and how he thinks? If God is love, then God would allow this. You don't know the first thing about our God. It's obvious America doesn't. Or they wouldn't be out in the streets doing what they're doing. Being in the churches doing what they're doing. Being out on the street doing what they're doing. They wouldn't be doing that if they knew our God. They would, they'd be scared and trembling. If you read this book and knew how God thought about the sin you're living, you wouldn't be doing the sin you're doing. That's truth. That's what brings me to fear. That brings me to fear when I know God's going to judge me for what I'm doing. And I'm ashamed of it. And I can't stop it. That's what brings the shame on. What brings the shame on for a sinner is when you're a sinner and you say, I don't want to do this no more. You come to that point in your life, you're like, I don't want to drink this bottle anymore. I don't want to take this drug anymore. I don't want to act this way. I don't want to be this way. I don't want to be this kind of person. I don't want to be full of hate. I don't like this life anymore. But I can't stop. It's shameful. I've been there. And the only one that can help you is Jesus Christ. The only one. And if you're, in your, and you're underneath the sound of my voice, or if you're in here this morning and you say, I'm full of shame, I've got, I can't stop doing this, I can't encourage you enough, go to this man, Jesus Christ, right here. Amen. That's the one that can take care of your problems. Verse 40. And Jesus answering said unto him, Simon, I have somewhat to say unto thee. And he saith, Master, say on. So Jesus Christ says, I got something I want to tell you. Verse 41. There was a certain creditor which had two debtors, The one owed 500 pence and the other 50. And when they had nothing to pay, he frankly forgave them both. Tell me, therefore, which of them will love him most? So he says, Simon, I got something I want to tell you. First off, there's a creditor that has two debtors. One that owes 500 pence and the other 50. That's the first great truth right there. Verse 41, we all have an account to God that we're going to have to settle up. Every one of us. You either got it settled right now or you don't. And it might be a big account. Mine was a pretty big account. And I'm not bragging about that. I'm ashamed of it. Some of y'all got a a small account. But I've been on this earth long enough to know men and women and know that some of y'all were born with a good family. I'm not saying your family was saved. I'm not saying they were good. I'm not saying they were churchgoers, but you were born. Your mom and dad loved you. you, were, uh, you they took care of you. They disciplined you. They showed you how to, to live a good and clean life. And you, basically, you start out on third base. And, you know, it's just walk home, and there you are. Third base in life. But I know some of you didn't have a good mom, had no dad at all, or a bad dad and you feel like you start out in a bench. You didn't even get the bat. And here's a guy starting out life, they're on third base walking home, and you look, that per- person on third base looks down at the bench and says, look at them, look how sorry no good they are. You better be careful until you walk in that man's shoes. Amen. If you had a mom that cussed you and screamed at you and threw you against the wall and hated you, I'd like to see what kind of life you'd live. If you had a dad that come home and beat you and whipped you and maybe did wicked things to you, I'd like to see what kind of a wife or da- a woman you would be. God only knows, amen? But some of us, we had a big account. Some of y'all have a little account. But either way, you have an account, and it needs to be settled. And you can settle it this morning. Verse 42, And when they had nothing to pay... Jesus Christ says they couldn't pay it up. That little bit amount, they couldn't pay it. That big amount, yeah, I can understand why somebody can. He's a mighty sin. He's a murderer. He's a molester. He's a a thief. Yeah, he he, he deserves hell. Christ can't forgive him. Oh, yeah, he sure can. He's got a big account. He's got a lot of sins to be forgiven, but Christ can forgive him. Well, I'm a pretty good old boy. I had not done much wrong. I, I never cheated on my wife. I never murdered anybody. I don't try to steal. I don't do any of that. I'm a pretty good old boy. Well, you got a little bit of account, but it's still an account. And you're still going to have to go to hell for that. That's what people don't like. I've sit in a room talking to a girl about her salvation, talking to some other people about their salvation, and one girl says, Yeah, but God couldn't save us. Jesus Christ couldn't save a, a, a murderer. Yeah, yeah, he can the Bible doesn't say that. <laughs> yes, it does. It does say that. Where? Do you have, have you ever heard of Paul? Yeah, yeah. You see, he wrote 13 books of the New Testament. Yeah. Do you realize he was a murderer? Not, he wasn't murdering bad people. He was murdering Christians. And Christ struck him down and saved him. He said, i got something for you to do for me. And Paul says, everywhere I go, they look at me at the corner of their eye. They don't trust him. Wasn't he the one that was capturing us and murdering some of us and putting us to death? And Paul said, I'm saved. Paul said, I'm the chief of all sinners. The guy wrote the 13 books of the New Testament. I'm the chief of all sinners. Paul had a mighty account And Christ said, I'm going to wipe it all away. Paul said, where's the fruit of those things you used to do that you're so ashamed of? Paul was ashamed of it, but he knew that Jesus Christ had took it and wiped it all away. You can't pay it. There's not enough money to pay that debt before God. You can't work it off. Some religion is going to fool you into thinking you can work it off. I'll just come on in here. You just just come to church and give this money and uh, be a part of the church and you're going to feed the poor and we're going to baptize you and you're going to work, 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 work and you're not getting anything done as far as your account. And until you get your account settled with God, you're not right with God. You've got an account. You're in debt and you can't pay it. And when they had nothing to pay, he Frankly, forgave them both. It's called grace. See that frankly word in there? Just, they come in there and say, how much you owe? 500? Okay, don't worry about it. Yeah, but uh, that's a lot of, don't worry about it. That's Jesus Christ. You come up, Lord, Lord I, I'm bringing in all these sins. Ah, don't worry about it. I forgive you. Come on up here. Which of them will love him most? You getting it? You getting why some of us shout in church, say amen, sing loud in church? You getting it? <laughs> See why some of us do anything we can to get up here to church and be around God's people? Some of us grew, around, grew up around people that aren't, weren't godly. Some of us grew up around people that aren't holy and separated and trying to be right in the Lord. I grew up with people like that. I can't wait to be around godly people. I can't wait to get into church and be around people that love the Lord. I've been on the other side of the fence. You don't want to be on the other side of the fence. And some of y'all grew up in such a good home that there's no, you probably didn't even hear a cuss word, kind of. Your mom or dad's might just, I'm not saying they're even saved. Just a good home. And you're used to that lifestyle. And and, and the other side of the tracks, it's it's like like an alien world to you, the other side of the tracks. You couldn't even imagine going over there. And you look over there and you're like, man, look at, you're still lost though. For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. There's none righteous, no, not one. Even though you might be a respectable citizen, you might dress nice, clean, never done anything, never smoked a cigarette, never smoked a, never drank a, you might be the most clean, pure person we've ever known, but if you don't have Jesus Christ, you're still going to hell. That's not my opinion. Because it breaks my heart. Because I know some really, really good people that are going to hell. Because they simply will not come and get their account settled. And they think, I don't know if they think there's no God, or they think I'll get up there and I'll figure it out, I'll die and then I'll stand before God and I'll talk my way out of it, or God's a loving God and God, he's so loving and he'll, you know, he, he is a loving God. That love is right there at the cross. He loves you enough to send His only begotten Son down to die for your sins. And when you reject that, you're in God's wrath. You're no, there's no longer... God's love is found at the cross. Not in your good works and your good deeds and your looks and your dressing and your suits and your ties and I'm such a good person. God's not in that. God's love is at the cross. You want God's love that you keep talking about? It's Oh, God's all love. God's love. God's love. It's at the cross. What are you doing way out there? It's not in the Baptist church. It's not in the Catholic church. It's not in the church of Christ. Guys, when we get to heaven, when we go before this holy, mighty God who's standing there to judge us of our sins, it's not going to be a Baptist sitting up on that throne. It's not going to be a Catholic. It's not going to be a Church of Christ. It's not going to be a Republican. It's going to be Almighty God in the form of Jesus Christ sitting on that throne. What did you do with Jesus Christ? That's all that matters. This woman said, I'm a sinner. I'm ashamed. I'm going to go find this man Jesus. I heard he received sinners. I'm going to go get rid of my sin. And here she comes. And he asked the question, verse 42, which of them will love him most? Obvious answer, verse 43, Simon answered and said, I suppose he that whom he forgave most. And he said unto him, Thou hast rightly judged. Notice what Christ says, verse 44. And he turned to the woman, said unto Simon, Seest thou this woman? I entered into thine house. Thou thou gavest me no water for my feet but she hath washed my feet with tears and wiped them with the hairs of her head. Thou gavest me no kiss, but this woman, since the time I came in, hath not ceased to kiss my feet. This woman didn't come to Jesus Christ expecting to get some kind of material wealth. You notice that? This woman didn't come to Jesus Christ and say, Lord, I'm going to give you this alabaster box. Because I know... It's seed and a hundred time fold. You'll give me back a hundred times what this box is worth. You've been watching some TV. You've heard this. Jesus Christ, this woman didn't come to Jesus Christ and say, uh, Lord, I'm going to come in here and I'm going to kiss your feet. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to wipe my, wipe my, wipe, take my hair and wipe your feet with my tears and I want you to heal me up. She didn't come in here for a healing. She came in here for the most important thing. She wanted to get her sin settled. She wanted to get her sin and her shame took care of. Verse 47, Wherefore, this is Christ speaking, Wherefore I say unto thee, Her sins, which are many, are forgiven. For she loved much, but to whom little is forgiven, the same loveth little. Maybe you're not in love with Jesus Christ like you should because you don't realize how much sin He's took care of for you. You know, when I first got saved, I remember walking down the aisle and I got saved. Man, I felt so good. Oh, it was so wonderful. And I walked down that that aisle knowing I was a sinner. I knew I was a sinner. I knew I did some things I shouldn't do. But boy, oh boy, once I got saved and the Holy Spirit started living in me, I found out, man, I'm a big sinner. There's things I was doing I didn't even realize was a sin, you know. I was just amazing. When you got holiness inside unholy, it it wakes you up. But boy, when you got a Christian that's not thankful to the Lord Jesus Christ for saving them and doesn't even love him, so well, yeah, I like Christ. You should be completely and totally in love with him more than anybody. I know this dear girl right here, she loves Jesus Christ a lot more than she loves me. And I'm thankful for that. And she knows I love Jesus Christ a whole lot more than I'm ever going to love her. And she's thankful for that. Because she knows if I have my my whole heart on Jesus Christ with a complete love, I'm going to be a better husband. And I know that's going to make her a better wife. And that's going to make you guys a better Christian. The more love you can give to Jesus Christ, the better you're going to be. Who deserves it more? Nobody. Then why are we spending all our love and all our heart on things that don't matter? On political, political tickets, on political parties, on work, on jobs, on cars, on houses. On things that don't matter. And there's Jesus Christ right there for us to love all over. Her sins, which are many, are forgiven, for she loved much. That's what brought her in with all this love. Look at verse 48. This is what she's going to leave with. Here, she brings in. What does she bring in? She brought in her material things. She brought in her body. She brought in humbleness. She brought in uh, what she brings in her heart. And she brought in her sins. Now we're going to read real quick what she's going to leave with. She's going to leave with some stuff. But none of it's material. But it's more valuable than a million dollars. Than a billion dollars. And all the money you can find. Look at here. Verse 48. And he said unto her, Thy sins are are forgiven. When you come to Jesus Christ with your sin, with a humble heart, say, Lord, I'm just a sinner. I don't know why I do the things I do. But I know that you receive sinners and you'll save me and you'll wash away my sins and my shame. Will you do it, Lord Jesus? Jesus Christ will say, thy sins are forgiven. I want to point out something about this story that really struck me the other morning. I was reading this again, and it struck me. It's like, where are all the people that Jesus Christ healed? You know, if I was a blind man, been blind all my life, and Jesus Christ healed me up, they wouldn't be able to get me off his feet. I'd be kissing his feet all the time and hugging on him and kissing his, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. And the people that were full of leprosy and we're not talking about one or two people that got healed this way. We're talking about thousands and thousands and thousands of people that weren't even recorded in the Scripture got healed that way. Where are they? They're never recorded to come to Jesus Christ and fall down at His feet and kiss His feet and do this stuff like this. Why? You know what will make you love Jesus Christ more than anything in the world? is when He forgives you of your sins. Amen. That's the only thing that's going to make you that way, have that love. If you came to Jesus Christ thinking my life will be better, my marriage will get back together, I'll be a better person, I, I don't care, I don't know what you came to Jesus Christ thinking Jesus Christ is going to do for you, but if you if you came to Jesus Christ for these kind of reasons, maybe that's why you don't love Him like you should. But if you came to Jesus Christ for the one reason that we all should come to Jesus Christ for is we're sinners, we should be ashamed of that sin. And Jesus Christ is the only one that can wipe all that away. Amen. So she left with her sins forgiven, and her shame took care of. Verse forty nine, and they that sat at meat with him began to say within themselves, "See, there's lots of people around. She was doing this publicly. It wasn't just her, Jesus, and that Pharisee. There's other people there." They said, "Who is this that forgiveth sin also?" The question in Jesus Christ. How can this prophet, this man, forgive sin? He can't. Unless he's the son of God. Amen. Jehovah Witness, he's got to be God manifesting the flesh. He's got to be. Or he can't be forgiven sin. Because that account you have is not between me and you. Your sin you might have did against me. Maybe it's a sin you did against me. Maybe it's a sin you did against somebody, some friend of yours. A wicked sin. And they want that account settled. That's between you and them. That's, that, this account we're talking about is between you and God. And I've got people who've done wicked things to me. I'm never going to pay back. Never. And they're worried about it. They're worried I'm going to pay them back. I'm never going to pay them back. But they've got an account between them and their God. That's what they don't realize. Maybe that's what you don't realize. Your account is not between the person you did the sin against. Your account is between you and God. That's who's going to make you answer. That's why the world's the way they are. They live in sin. They live like wickedly. And, you know, the cops, we got to where the cops don't even want to arrest people anymore. They don't care. Like So, whatever. I did it to you. I punched you in the face. I slashed your tires. I stole your car. Who cares? I'll be out in a month. This is an account with God and you will have it settled. <laughs> One way or another. And I'm being gracious enough to show you that you can have it all cleansed away with going to Jesus Christ and have him do it. Thy sins were forgiven. Verse 50, and she sa- Jesus Christ said to the woman, Thy faith hath saved thee. Go in peace. Thy faith has saved thee. She goes away knowing she's saved. She not only has her... See, this is the wonderful thing, beautiful thing about Jesus Christ. When you come to Jesus Christ and know you're a sinner and you get down to your knees, you ask Jesus Christ to save you, He doesn't just take away all those sins that you did in the past. He's taking care of all these sins you're going to do in the future. That's why you should keep on loving Him. And when, with this out, with this, it's just like, okay, you're cleansed. It's like, okay, you're cleansed, and now I'm making a place for you in heaven, and you're saved. It's wonderful. It's the most amazing thing to take place. She leaves with their sins forgiven. She leaves saved. And look at this. Thirdly, go in peace. She leaves with a peace that the world cannot give you. The world cannot take away your shame. The world cannot cleanse you of your sin. Jesus Christ is the only one can do it. And when, Jesus, when she shows up to Jesus Christ, he says, Okay, your sins are forgiven. You're saved. Now go in peace. And when he gives you peace, it's a peace the world can't give you. I want to close by simply saying this. And verse 50 shows you the most, very most important thing she brought to him, which was her faith. Thy faith hath saved thee. It's putting a faith in Jesus Christ. It's not a work. It's not coming to a Baptist church or any other denomination or going to, going to a pastor. It's, your, it's not coming to me. It's not a work. It's a faith in Jesus Christ. Knowing that He was born of a virgin, walked among men, died on the cross for your sins, and that you're a sinner, that He went into a grave, He died, was buried. Three days, He came up alive, alive forevermore. He's alive as as I'm talking right now. And then when you bow your head to pray, you're praying to a risen Savior. Just like this, you can be talking to this Savior, to Jesus Christ, just like this woman talked to Him. You can come to Him and it's just the same way. I'm talking about Jesus Christ, who's alive right now. And if you have sin and shame, you can go, Lord, I just want my sin and my shame took care of. Lord, I know I'm a sinner. Would you please save me? And the spiritual process that takes place in your heart, I can't give it to you. I can't explain it to you. You're going to have to do it for yourself. But when it happens... I, I, I was riding down the road listening to a Christian song, and this girl, in this Christian song, she said, in this Christian song, she said, Jesus Christ took away my sin and my shame. I just bust out crying. I said, Lord, if you'd give me hair, I'd, I'd wop your feet with it. <laughs> I love you, Jesus. Boy, I love my Jesus. I love my Jesus. Isn't this world the way it is? Man, Jesus Christ is the only thing in this world worth living for. Amen. And in this country, it isn't, it isn't anything in this world. There's nothing in this world that's worth living for like Jesus. Yeah. If you don't love Jesus Christ enough, you need to love Jesus Christ. You need to fall back in love with him. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, I love you. Lord, I, I apologize. Father, to get emotional. Father, it just, just uh, breaks my heart. Father, that people don't know you like I know you. And, Father, I know, Lord, beyond a shadow of a doubt, there's somebody that's listening to me, Lord God, that's lost. I don't know who it is, Lord God, personally, Father. I don't know, but I know, Father, there's no way. There's this many people listening in, tuning in, Lord God, in this church, Lord, yet there isn't somebody underneath the sound of my voice that doesn't know Jesus Christ as the Lord and Savior, Father. And I pray, Father, you speak to their heart the truth, Lord God, that they need to come down, Lord. I think I've already done a good enough job explaining what you'll do for them, Lord, that you'll save them. And, Lord, I know there's some sinners, Lord God, that they've got a lot of shame. And they're living in shame, Lord. And the whole world knows about it. The city knows what they've done. Their family, their friends, they know what they've done, Lord God. But you can take that shame, Lord God, and you can wipe it off. And, Lord, I thank you for wiping away my shame, Lord God. And I know, Lord, when somebody brings stuff up to me, that stuff I've done in the past, Lord God, it's like like somebody totally different. It was the old man. And, Lord, you've made me a new creature, Lord. I'm, I'm in you now, Lord Jesus. I belong to you, Lord. And All that stuff, that's just in the past. And, Father, I thank you, Father, for your precious blood of Jesus Christ that cleanses me and washes me, Lord God. And I pray, Father, there's somebody out here that needs to make a move, Lord God, that they would move and not put it off, Lord God, because tomorrow's not promised, and there's no way, Lord God, we know what tomorrow's going to bring. And I pray all this in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. upon him